0: so being kind does not mean you're a doormat it means that you're showing up with a spirit of not causing another person pain that you're showing up in a spirit of uh, you know connecting thought with word with action in such a way that nothing that you do would create anything that would have a negative impact on the person next to you right so that's what it means so I, don't, I, I think uh, if we think about your initial question of how do you get there, you have to have a certain amount of awareness. And if you're aware and you're committed to doing no harm, how do you really feel like somebody could take advantage of you? If you're aware at every moment, living into that moment, and you're, you're connecting your mind with your heart, which, by the way, there is a place for soul in business, and I will tell you that if you're not putting soul into your business, soul into your leadership, completely missing the whole boat.
1: But wait, there is more. Yes, there is more because you're going to hear me today as I drill down in asking these tough questions as far as when, where, how. All of this is going to be unpacked today as you listen to your delightful host, the great interviewer himself, the one who is able to drill deep and ask the right questions because Not everybody can do this. Only your trained and extremely talented and delightful podcast host like myself can do. And that's why you're going to stay tuned because you're going to get what it is you come from. Yes, my friend. Yes,
0: my friend. My friend, my friend, my friend. friend. We did a street
1: Oh, yeah. So we are going to dig into that, and you're going to hear more of that. So stay tuned. Make sure that you're strapped in as we get ready for Blast Off.
0: So here we go. Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emo Intelligence. The Art of Succeeding Where Others Failed is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant.
1: Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kings LeGrand sitting behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another show. And it is from the show that's been voted number three on the top 15 podcasts on emotional intelligence by FeedSpot. And so I am excited that you are listening to one of the top shows right now. And I'm in the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute, where I'm going to dig into the vault and get today's show so that what you've come for, you will have. So let me reach in right here and get today's show. There it is. I got it. I got it. And put it down right here. And now we can dive into today's show. And on today's show, we have a special guest her name is Cole Baker Bagwell, and she's going to talk to us about leadership from an angle that sometimes is seen from a negative perspective. When you hear the word kindness and leadership, it just seems like those two words are don't really go together because we are living in a world where we are seeing leadership being done and very Little kindness accompanies that. Now, this, this does not mean it doesn't happen. It's just that we don't see or hear too much of that. Or it's overlooked by those who behave in a manner that is very, very unbecoming when it comes to the era of kindness. And that's why our guest today is going to break down why leaders who actually make kindness a part of their leadership style are able to be more effective and get better results and are more successful and i i can't wait for you to to hear her so i i won't say anything more i'll let her explain that for to you in a few moments before we get there let me just say thank you so much for being here today if this is your first time Thank you. I'm glad you found the Kings of Grant show. We've been waiting for you for a long time, holding your spot. So it's now filled. Make sure that you invite someone else to fill the other spots we're holding for them as well. And make sure this is not your first and last time. So one of the best ways to make sure that you are aware of the show every time an episode is released is to subscribe to the show. So make sure you subscribe to the show so you can have access to every future releases and actually go back and listen to a number of the past episodes as well. Come on, acquaint yourself, familiarize yourself with the show. There's much, much that you'll find that will be helpful to you. If this is your second, third, fourth, fifth, umpteenth time, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm glad you're here once again and for the work you're doing and getting the word out, sharing it. Uh, leaving a rating and a review on an Apple podcast. I'm so grateful for that. Thank you so very, very much. And one last thing before we get into the show is that this show has been brought to you by Kingspire Communication, where leaders are helped to increase their productivity, their retention of their best people, but also their engagement with their personnel, people that they have in their their team. So that's one thing also that happens with the training that comes from Kingspire Communication. And Kingspire Communication is a training and coaching and a keynoting uh, company. And if you're interested in finding out more, just head over to kingsleygrant.com, kingsleygrant.com, and actually connect with us, and let's see if we can work together. My friend, thank you so very much for being here. Let's dive into the show. So would you put your hands together and help me welcome to the show none other than Miss Cole Baker-Bagwell. Thank you for joining me on the Kings of Grand Show where emotional intelligence and leadership skills intersect. This show is designed for leaders who want to know what works and what doesn't work in today's workplace. And to help us figure out that we have a very special guest on the show today. Her name is Cole Baker Bagwell. Let me tell you a few things about Cole and then we'll dive into our show today. Cole is an accomplished businesswoman, a longtime mindfulness practitioner, and a yogi. She knows firsthand about the power that kindness, and human connection have to radically improve everything about business, she's lived it. She spent two decades in sales and strategy, partnering with many of the world's top companies from Silicon Valley to Wall Street. She worked mindfully, led with kindness and paired intelligent business strategy with an unwavering commitment to do no Harm. as founder and kindness director of cool audrey Cole partners with teams and companies to cultivate accessible and actionable emotional intelligence and maximize the power of humanity in business she's unconventional in her approach to business and in the way she sees the world she's leading a kindness revolution to revolution to bi- sorry she's leading a kindness revolution in business and asking everyone to make one powerful commitment to do no harm. And today she's on the show to help us understand how to do that and what are the benefits of that. So, Cole, welcome. Good to have you on the show today. How are you doing today?
0: Oh, thank you. I love your voice. I'm so happy to be here with you. (laughs) I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Awesome. Beautiful, beautiful day.
1: It, It is. And so where in the world is Cole today?
0: Today, I am in my home off Raleigh, North Carolina, uh-huh. enjoying bright sunshine and blue skies, and the leaves are starting to change today, Kingsley, Ooh. so it's, it's, it's a lovely time to be here in North Carolina.
1: That's one thing I envy you for, is the leaf cha- leaves changing, because we here where I'm at, we don't have that at all, we just don't have those seasonal things, the beauty of that, so at least you can just send me a picture, that'd be good enough. <laughs>
0: I'll be happy to. I, I will send you a picture,
1: lots of pictures. Yes, happy you. to do that. Awesome. So, Cole, um, suppose someone came to Raleigh, North Carolina, the area, and what would you suggest would be a must do or a must see and a must taste uh, for that person?
0: Yeah, so, okay. So, firstly, from our well, our city is terrific, right? It's been growing for the last 10 years and, uh, in particular downtown, which is, which is where we live. And so, you know, as that's happened, we've had all these amazing people that have come in from all over the world and the country. And, and right now, um, our downtown is, you know, a little boarded up because of the protests and things that have taken place all summer. Um, but we've done this really, really amazing thing and we created the Raleigh mural project. And so now all of those pieces of plywood have been turned into these beautiful works of art wow. all around togetherness and celebration of humanity and love and peace and and so now that's beginning to sort of trickle into other parts of the city mm. so i would say they need to take a little tour of the mural project for sure
1: okay awesome and as they're taking that tour what be must eat or must taste that you would suggest uh, while they're doing all of that
0: oh wow we have so much great food in this city um My favorite little restaurant is a place called Taza Mm. and they make, just have amazing pizza. They Uh have amazing French fries, but I mean, they do all sorts of things, right? Mm. But I think something that um, people should really taste there would be one of their craft cocktails and their French fries with, with aioli, it's, it sounds Ooh. so simple, but it's a party for the taste buds. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> well, that sounds great. I guess uh, when I do come to that part of the town, I'll make sure I because <laughs> recommendation. I'll say, hey, I'm here because of. So thank you for allowing us to uh, at least and I'm um, inviting us in such a very creative way and how you kind of um, just kind of present it. It's almost like you are presenting this beautiful thing. Where Not that you almost, you are presenting this beautiful thing, not just the, the, the community and how it looks, but also the, the food. I mean, you could do a great job of selling visually through words <laughs> what it is that people can expect. So that's, 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 that's wonderful.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's a town with a really good vibe. It's uh, growing and changing and, you know, together. It's growing and changing together. So, yeah, it's a really, really nice thing to be part of.
1: You know, when when I hear that call, it comes to my mind is that someone somewhere actually had an idea and was probably having, okay, what do we do with these things? How do we plan? How do we... And, and they kind of coalesced um, people around them to say, hey, let's find a way to take these boards or whatever the case might be. So I call that person a leader, somebody who led the way to get things done. So when you hear of the word leader or leadership, what comes to your mind?
0: Oh, wow. So quite simply, I think it's. It's, it's a person who has the capacity to bring people together oh. because unless you can bring them together, there's no way that you can move them forward. And that's really what leading is. So, mm. um, so, so that's, to me, in simplest forms, mm-hmm. what, what a leader is.
1: Now, do you think that some people have that capacity through just are born that way or they learn or over time? Because there's this whole kind of continuous debate, right? Are leaders born or they developed? Or they, you know? So what's your take on that?
0: I would say I think it's a bit of both because I I think, you know, as I think about the definition I shared with you about bringing people together, Mm -hmm. that requires that they are working from a place of compassion. Mm. And that's something that every one of us is born with, that the Mm. science has shown that. So Mm. I think that, you know, from that perspective, any one of us has the capacity Mm. to extend compassion Mm -hmm. and to potentially craft that into a way that we can lead individuals but on the other side of that i think it does take experience mm-hmm. i think it takes intention to develop those those qualities and those capacities that one must have to be really successful in sort of managing all of the responsibilities of leadership and and then i think it takes attention mm-hmm. over time to be able to to continually sort of care and feed those things that can make you really, really effective in bringing people together and surrounding yourself with the folks that, you know, can can tell you, hey, you, you didn't get this quite right, but let me show you a better path. So, yeah, I really think it's a mix of both Kingsley.
1: And, you know, I love that way of framing because I think you just can describe what I think our my audience really aspiring to do. Right. And, and some have a, a, a challenge and some have a hard time doing that. And, you know, it's maybe it's not any fault of their own. They may not have seen it modeled for them, and they know there's something missing. But you're describing how that it can be developed, and you said, you mentioned the word intentionality, but also paying attention is also key. That means a person has to be very observant, right, and be very much self-aware to be able to, to do that. Because some people can um, see it but not know it, of what is needed you put your finger on that now as that leader then who may not be as as sensitive or intuitive or self-aware when it comes to the um the idea of um intentionality and compassion what would you say to that person who needs to then find a better way to do that how can they get that going if they don't have that awareness in them
0: Yeah. So, so that's really the first thing is that we have to cultivate awareness. So we have to realize where we are and, and sometimes it's a very difficult thing to do, but, but as you know, I've been um, a yogi and a mindfulness practitioner for 26 years. And every time I sit down, it's, I learn something new about myself, but in that space of intentionally creating a pause, a break, we can create awareness we can begin to create awareness that you know we can begin to sort of see things differently and and tap into body and mind and figure out you know how are how are the things on the outside affecting the way that I'm showing up as a human being and then what kind of decisions can I make in that moment with that mindful awareness so it really starts there you know it's it's the outside world can be tough sometimes Kingsley, mm, yes, right? Yes, yes it is. Really, really hard and um, it can really be quite challenging for us to show up as as that best version and so if we don't if we don't have that capacity or we don't have that awareness then certainly whatever we're sort of walking around with is going to bleed over into the work that we do.
1: Mm. And when a leader doesn't have that call or develop or say in need for that what tend to how does that show up? What tends to happen in that work setting? Because if you or she is not leading that way as you're describing so eloquently, that could have some serious ramification, right, on the people they're trying to lead. What have you seen and experienced and maybe from your own experience where those things have happened and um what's the the consequence of that?
0: Um yeah, so so I've I've seen a few things. So firstly to, to your the first part of your question, I'll say that Without that awareness, people are simply simply reacting, and reactions are not always the best things because they come from a place of deep emotion. And so, you know, so so that's the first that's the first reason for this awareness. Um, in my experience, you know, I've been lucky enough that I worked for amazing companies with people who were very aware and very kind to to one another, and then I've worked. In settings where that was not the case, mm-hmm. so, so a couple of examples, you know, and, and this might not even occur to people as being unkind, but rewarding mediocrity, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's one of that's actually something that I consider to be a lack of kindness, a lack of awareness, mm-hmm. um, you know, failing to tell somebody who's doing a great job on your team that I value you, and here's exactly why, and you know, all the studies have shown that. That is the number one reason that people mm-hmm. become very disconnected from their work, very disengaged with their work. It's the number one reason why they leave. It's not because they're chasing the money. Mm-hmm. It's because we just want to be valued, and we want to understand that what we're doing is connecting to the bigger part of something that's really important for the whole. Right. So, so I've seen um, I've seen a lot of really talented people, and a lot of really well-intended leaders just completely get that piece wrong. They'll say, oh, you know, thanks for what you're doing. Or they assume it's kind of like the smartest kid in the class syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. The kid is making straight A's, so we don't really need to, mm-hmm. need to worry about them. But all of those people need to be fueled, right? And, and so I think those are two of the most common mistakes. Yeah. And, and it's something that people aren't doing maliciously. They're yeah. just failing to acknowledge yeah. how important those things are.
1: You know, I I'm really, really uh, appreciative that you actually brought that up. Cause sometimes that gets gets overlooked so easily as you described, right? And, and and that leader may not realize that it has an, an adverse effect, effect um or impact upon their their workplace, right? Which creates toxicity because people have their own opinions they're forming. They're 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 taking from that some things that are saying, wait a minute, you know. Um, that is not right. I mean, and so they interpret that in their own way, and can create um, some on um, some unnecessary consequences of that. But what I like, though, Cole, it sounds like you are pretty um, your knowledge of this right is it, so spot on, and I wonder if it's something you've learned by having a leader in your life that possibly passed on, modeled, mentored you. And if you had to appoint or give that leader an award or a trophy, because he or she have been have done that, who would that be and why would you pick that person?
0: Oh, wow. That's that's a really big question, Kingsley. I've had I've been so blessed in my life that I've had so many people who have cared enough about me to, you know, to offer me guidance, um, along the way. So, you know, on a personal standpoint, I would say that I would give that a word to my mom Mm. because my mom, um, she taught me some of the things that, that I, I, the five tenants really that I take into my work were sort of inspired by her. And so therefore inspired by lessons I learned as a kid growing up. So they're and in this order, kindness, integrity, curiosity, Patience and persistence, and she is she is a model of all of those things. From a professional standpoint, I will say that um, there was a fella who CEO who hired me at this little startup that that I worked with, and he's one of my favorite leaders that I've ever met. Because when we sat down, he we were talking, you know, having this conversation during my interview, and he said, "Okay, it's the end of the quarter." You have to bring people together. What mm. do you do? A lot of money on the line, you know, mm. lots of deals out there. What do you do? I was, in, I was in sales at that point. And I said, you lead them with kindness. Oh. And he said, come <laughs> here, come here, come here. And we walked down the hall and his first core tenant was be kind. Wow. And he defined it a little bit differently than I do, but it's fine. He, he, it was there. And the cool part about it was that he taught me that hiring people with that intention created a collective consciousness that was really beautiful because you already were starting in the right place. So Mm. I would give him an award for, for being wise enough to hire us for being kind. So it was pretty cool. Yeah.
1: I I really like that because, well, here's the thing I wonder though, Cole, when someone hears that you're going to be this kind individual, right? I, I wonder if they don't somehow try to take advantage of that.
0: So the Dalai Lama says that, you know, compassion is strength. And I absolutely agree with that. So so let's clarify a couple things. So, you know, there's kindness, like pay it forward kind of kindness. That is, it's nice. It's lovely. It's, you know, certainly considerate. I'm talking about what I consider to be the ultimate form of kindness Kingsley. I'm talking about a commitment, making one commitment to do no harm. Mm. And here's why that's important. If you go back and you think about the kindness that we're familiar with, right? The pain it forward, the, you know, flowery words, all of that stuff, right? Maybe that feels a little soft and squishy. But if you think about this commitment to do no harm, it means that, you never pass a person on the street who's hungry. Mm. You never take an action against another human being that would cause them any pain. Mm. That also sometimes mean, and it means, and here's the part that's going to twist your brain, it also means that we have to let some people figure things out for themselves. Like, And, and here's mm. what I mean by that. So if you're a leader of a team and you have a person who's kind of struggling, instead of creating the answer for them, working with them in such a way that they can realize that answer on their own with support, right? That is that is a commitment to do no harm. That is a form of kindness. Uh, you know, I sat down at negotiation tables, Kingsley, when I was on Wall Street working and in Silicon Valley working and, you know, would have these very difficult conversations with, like, folks who were charged with saving their companies lots and lots and lots of money. That's how they got paid. And I would say to them, you know, have to have these very honest conversations with them and they were absolutely kind. So being kind does not mean you're a doormat. It means that you're showing up with a spirit of not causing another person pain, that you're showing up in a spirit of, of, you know, connecting thought with word, with action in such a way that nothing that you do would create anything that would have a negative impact. On the person next to you, right? So that's what it means. So I don't, I, I, I think uh, if we think about your initial question of how do you get there, you have to have a certain amount of awareness. And if you're aware and you're committed to doing no harm, how do you really feel like somebody could take advantage of you? If you're aware in every moment, living into that moment, and you're you're connecting your mind with your heart, which, by the way, there is a place for soul in business. And I will tell you that if you're not putting soul into the, your business, soul into your leadership, completely missing the whole boat. You're missing the opportunity, right? To really, to really realize something beautiful. So, yeah. I, I never feel like anybody's tried to take advantage of me. Um, yeah. Or I. I just yeah.
1: I don't feel that way at all. Yeah, and I I agree with you 100%. I think that that person out there, sometimes what I get, it's like, you know, especially from the male perspective, they're feeling, well, that might be, I need to be this tough, strong. And in their mind, sometimes they see, they may equate unfortunately kindness with weakness and because they've had right they've seen it and experienced, or being taught that and somehow feel, if i am being too, too kind i won't get the job done i until so they're pushing that and and so i so i get what you're saying and i think it's i'm right there with you however i do have that that small group of of um, leaders who have a different take and we want to I ask the questions very specifically because they might have a, a wrong interpretation of what kindness might mean. because what you're describing to me is the whole idea of self-awareness, but also creating a culture because the more of that that you are in a sense putting it out there and modeling and mentoring and coaching and all, of, that would be what begin to reproduce kind, right So kindness reproduce more kindness. So to me, it's a winning strategy it, to be in a culture where you have kindness all around you, right? So you can get better engagement. People are more willing to engage when you're in a kind culture community. They're more willing to do the things and produce, right? Wouldn't that be what is worth the, one of the outcomes of that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, so I want to make three key points here. So firstly, being compassionate is being strong. Number one, so for all the tough guys out there, you can be compassionate and strong, actually stronger at the same time. Number two, if you have this idea about kindness that you would be taken advantage of, it's maybe because you're confusing it with being nice, and they are not the same things at all. Mm. So number three, research has proven that kindness helps people create trust, that brings them together to collaborate, that enables them to innovate new things. So it actually increases engagement. It it is quite literally one of the greatest force multipliers for good and human connection. As we think about everything in the world, and there's so many great business books out there and programs and training and all these things, but at the core of all of those things, if you don't have this part right, the rest of it doesn't matter. I mean, think about, you know, crucial conversations, right? Amazing book, amazing course that's being given out there. It's amazing teaching people how to deal with conflict, and you know, how to better deal with that. Right. But think of it this way. If you're not, if you don't have that awareness piece mastered and you have not made a commitment to do no harm, There's still a chance you could get that conversation wrong, right? So this is not about being the person who's always nodding and saying yes in the room or smiling when things get tough. It's about being the person who is aware, who is calm, who can tap into that commitment of doing no harm and see the path to bring people together when nobody else does. That's what it's about. So for all of my tough men and women out there... That's what I'll tell you. That compassion is the greatest source of strength, and compassion is the wellspring of kindness. It is the wellspring of of this commitment to do no harm. That's where we're going from.
1: So you know, as you as you're talking, Cole, which I think I, I think is so cool, is that the idea um, here in the strength and the clarity, which is so important, right? And and being in, very intentional, right? And I find that compassion is a key word because it's it's really adding to me is sympathy and empathy, right, but the compassion is the action part of taking those two streams and moving them down the road, so you describe the commitment to do no harm. a person now who have to be terminated right mm-hmm. um, that person might be thinking, well, isn't that harmful or it could be interpreted as being harmful to that person but I hear where you're coming from, that it may not be that way. It may be really a good thing. Could you elaborate briefly on that for us?
0: Sure, it could be. So so a couple of things. So it is a form of harm to put someone in, in a position for which they're not, you know, they, they don't have the skills or capacity to succeed. So, you know, this, when I mentioned earlier, rewarding mediocrity or, you know, elevating someone who has not really earned that place, it's a form of harm. So I I really hope that leaders can begin to understand this because it doesn't serve anyone well, especially the person that you've sort of elevated or celebrated, right? So that's the first thing. Secondly, sometimes letting somebody go is the greatest form of kindness that you can offer them. And here's why. You know, maybe they're, they're working in a place where the leader realizes there's no growth opportunity here for them. I need to cut them loose, but the the magic comes in when the leader chooses the conversation and, and the words around the conversation. So maybe, you know, if it was you and I and you were firing me, Kingsley, you might say to me, hey, Kolasin, the work that you've done here is really valuable, specifically these two or three things. These are your gifts as I see them in my humble opinion, and here are the two or three things that I really recognize that are really different and special about you. All that said, there's no room for you to grow here in the way that I know you're capable of growing. So we have to end this relationship, but I want you to know that I'm going to have, you know, a reference letter crafted up for you and I'm going to highlight these things in hopes that it will serve you well as you move forward. And, and I'm happy to talk with you and provide mentorship to you if, if that's helpful. So, so that's the type of conversation, right? Maybe that leader realizes that they're out of funding, for the year and they have to make that very difficult decision to let people go same type of conversation should take place here's what i value in you here's specifically why and here's how you helped us in our team let me make a note of that for you i want to be here to help you right so that is there's nothing weak about that that is intention it is attention it is compassion it is mindful it is all of those things rolled in rolled into one so this experience of laying somebody off doesn't have to be horrible. But on the on the contrast, I will share this with you. A year and a half ago, I was on an airplane. I'll never forget this conversation. And this is a true story. One of the biggest companies in the world. I was on an airplane with a fellow who sat down. It was like seven o'clock at night. We're both leaving New York. You know, I was exhausted. I've been working all day. And I kind of had my book up
1: to yeah. get the signal <laughs> of, you
0: know, I'm kind of I'm kind of out of commission, right? But I have this weird. Energy that people just start talking when I sit down. They just wanna, they just want to tell me like (laughs) everything that's on their soul. So, so this happened this night. And this fellow sat down, and it was about two weeks before Thanksgiving. And, you know, he said, What do you do? And we're talking just a little bit. And he said, You know, my wife is in a very difficult position right now, and it makes me sad. I'm trying to think of some words for her before I meet her at home tonight. I've been gone for a week. And I, I said, you know, I'm really sorry to hear that. And he said, well, can I tell you what's happening? Mm. Sure. <laughs> tell me what's happening. What's going on with your wife? And he said, um, her company has just told her that she needs to to find three members of her team to lay off. And she, and she had a team of like 15 people. So that was a significant chunk of her team. <clears throat> and he said, the really big part, that's the, the toughest part for my wife is that Every single person on her team is valuable. They're all contributing. She doesn't want to lay anyone off, but she has to choose. And I said, I'm really sorry. That is that is really difficult. And he said the guidance that she was given from her CEO was look at the people who have been sick and lay them off first. Wow. So, you know, we have these two. And, and when he told me that, the tears started rolling down my face because I felt in that moment the gravity of what she was being faced with the you know what she was being asked to do and how it went against every inclination and you know sort of instinct that she had and so so that is the part that we have to fix right because she could have that conversation and she could do it in this different way that would leave somebody with something that was beautiful instead of something that was so harmful so and you know my gosh what in the world sort of reason would she have given them right because that one would uh, have faced that company with a big lawsuit so like what was she going to tell them so so this is what i mean and and you know for anybody out there who uses the term like we've decided to go in a different direction it's Mm -hmm. not enough find something you know try try to really be mindful think of something they've that they've done that's valuable that you've appreciated set them up for success on their on the next leg of their journey and It'll totally flip that whole thing around. It takes a lot of strength. If,
1: if I want, if I was actually wanted to, cho- if I could choose, if I was in a situation of being terminated, I would want you to terminate me. <laughs> 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 now, and the reason why here's, you know, I, I talk about this in my book, you know, the emotional intelligent leader succeed where others failed. This is one of those things I talk about how to succeed where others failed in doing something like this, where a person will thank you for actually terminating them. Knowing that you did yes. what you did and the way you framed it made it like, well, she, she really is on my side. She wanted to see me succeed. She took the time yes. and the effort to do what you did. So I really want to thank you for sharing the story, but also helping us understand how to have these tough moments, but still use do no harm as the lens through which you're looking because when you do that, you're going to work very hard of framing a conversation like what you just did. So, you know, masterfully to help the person realize, hey, you know what? Yes, I'm doing this, but I want to know you to know that I have your best interests. And the person hears and sees that. So it sounds like this is the work you do, Cole. And I know that we we just kind of scratched on the surface. So tell us a little bit more about what people, I you know, at CoolAudrey.com, right? C-O-O-L-A-U-D-R-E-Y at coolaudry.com you can figure out you can go and see more of what Cole does and how to connect with her so if someone should come there what would be the first thing you want them to know about you and what you can do for them?
0: First thing that I would want them to know is that I'm leading a kindness revolution in business. And, you know, somebody said to me last year, she said, and there's nothing soft about it. And I said, no, Mm -hmm. there's nothing soft about it. This is this is one of the hardest things in the world. Right. Because it's one of the hardest things, yet one of the most obvious things um, for us to really, you know, as we think about like changing our world. It is it is I believe it is it is the starting point. To all of that, and so boldly leading this kindness revolution, I would tell them to expect the unconventional. Um, but I would also tell them um, that I understand business strategy. I have sat in boardrooms, conference rooms with the biggest companies in the world, and I've had to have some really complex conversations, right, because of the nature of my work in software, my, my previous career in software. So. This is not like a hippie revolution. I mean, I love the hippies, but it's not a hippie revolution at all. This is a very practical application of a very specific commitment to kindness, considering, you know, business and the landscape of the world that we have, that we're all facing right now globally. And I would tell them that my world is a fusion of, you know, of experience that I've had, on the yoga mat and, and and mindfulness for 26 years that has really served me well in my life and in business. Uh, it, it gave me the capacity to, to understand how to bring people together. It's my gift. So I would tell them that, you know, to expect the unconventional, but to expect intelligent business strategy and very practical means of, of getting there. That, by the way, they won't have to wear special clothes or go to a special place. It's the most lovely part about the work that I do is once I turn people on to the practices, something that they can do every single day and every single moment, and it doesn't just help them in business. It will help them experience their life in a fuller, grander way, because they will they will have this capacity to connect with themselves and with human beings in a way that maybe they've never imagined. So. That's what I would tell them to expect. And and then, you know, all the other stuff, like they really want, like revenue and market share and brand loyalty, all that stuff is going to come because all of those things are created by human yeah. beings. So that's what I would tell
1: them. You know, I, I think starting there would be, I mean, to me, that is very attractive because as I listen to you, your passion your presentation, the how you frame, you know, the wording and the visual you create with that. You do a great job. I mean, I, I would, I, I would think if you give such a great start, imagine what comes after. Is imagine what comes after, right? So. Exactly,
0: exactly. I mean, Kingsley, you know, just just as we tie off. I mean, imagine a world of business where every single one of us made that commitment, that one commitment to do no harm, and then think about hiring think about onboarding think about creating policies and processes think about how that would change the way that we innovate products and the way that we take them into the world i mean think about that right it's so magnificent to think about and by the way it's entirely possible we just have to make a decision that's all to let something else lead us and, and to to bring soul into business and not be afraid to talk about the importance of humanity in the business that we do. Because, again, everybody, people do business no matter what business you're in. It's about humanity. Yeah. So, you know, this is, this is a simple decision in, in, in my eyes, Kingsley. It's not rocket science. It just, it's just a decision. And in that one decision, we begin we begin the revolution, the kindness revolution that takes us forward to a better place.
1: And again, as you've heard, um, Cole shared her heart and deposited so much with us today. <laughs> I, I want to tell you that this is, you, are, you really want to connect with her. And again, go to coolaudrey.com, C O O L. A U D R E Y dot com, and you find out more because there's a lot more from where this comes from, as you can hear. And also, if you're on LinkedIn, make sure you connect with Cole, uh, Cole Baker Bagwell. So it's LinkedIn, and then Cole Baker Bagwell, connect with her because you really want to to really learn more, and she will let you actually what you've heard today you will get a whole lot more of where that comes from. So again, <laughs> I want to say, uh, uh, Cole, thank you so very much for being with us today and really depositing so much with us and helping us understand this idea of, of kindness, but also to do no harm philosophy. You really, really um, deposited it in, in a very clear, concise, and powerful way. And I really thank appreciate you. that. So let's wrap things up here, Cole. Is there any one last parting word you want to leave with us as we say our goodbye?
0: like to say how grateful i am for you and specifically grateful because uh you have given me space to have this conversation in such a real way so thank you so much kingsley and yeah i i think i would just like to inject everybody with with that understanding that this is the way forward for us for us all so if we can all come together we will be able to move forward and realize things that we have not yet imagined so do no harm everyone join the revolution
1: Thank you. And truly, this is the way forward. Cole, thank you for being here. On behalf of the the Grand Show, we say a big thank you and appreciate the work you do.
0: Thank you, Kingsley. Have a beautiful day.
1: Thank you, yourself, too. And there you have it, my friend. I hope today you really had a a chance to listen to a, a form of leadership or a presentation on leadership that... You might not have heard before. It's something that is probably kind of new to you. And you're you're wondering, does this really work? Well, my friend, you have enough evidence and you've heard Cole outlined why it does work, the benefits of it. And so I want to encourage you to experiment and see what happens. But we'd also love to hear from you what was the most helpful part of this episode for you. What was the thing or things that truly resonated most with you. Would you take a time and a time to really share that with us? Allow both Cole and myself to hear what your thoughts are. And you can do that on the social media platform that you see the show posted. Engage with us. Ask us questions. Tell us what you think. We would love to hear about that. And also, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast as a way of us uh, to gauge how the show is benefiting And helping you in any way, shape, or or form. So I would love to to hear from you that way as well. My friend, make sure that you actually connect with Cole. The links are given to you as you heard them. It also will be in the notes that accompany the show. And she would love to hear from you. And she has some free resources available that you can go to her website, as we talked about earlier, and get access to those free resources as well. My friend, Having listened to the show and Kingspire a King's Grant calm, we want you to go out and Kingspire someone because that simply means having heard something from the Kings of Grant show. Take that and inspire someone today. You never know what difference that might that might make in someone's life, and I know it will. So go and Kingspire someone today. We've come to the end of our show today, and we are now going to put the show back into the vault and then say our goodbye. So let's put this show away in the vault at the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute. So here we go, here we go, here we go. There it is. Now that this show is safely tucked away in the vault, I can exit the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute and say our goodbye. With that said, my friend, peace out, God bless, and I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah!